McEntee. We're live from Rochester, Rochester, Minnesota, where the DFL is about to hold its uh, convention, endorsing convention. The big event is tomorrow night when the gubernatorial candidate will be endorsed. Maybe there are three people vying for that. Tim Walls, Aaron Murphy, Rebecca Otto. And judging from the signs around here, you can't judge what's going to happen. Lots of people all, you know, I think the delegate count is not exactly evenly split, but it's split. And remember, we've got to get 60%, 60% to get the endorsement here. So this could be a very long convention. We're going to be covering it here. We're live streaming it over at theuptake.org. And uh, you can watch it there as well as the Republican Maybe convention that's going on in Duluth. So, so uh, you, can, you can hear the Ken Martin's about to speak. Okay, you can hear that behind me. So that may be a little bit loud as uh, we're chatting um, also on the program today, we are going to be talking probably with Ken Martin, if he can come on over here, and Richard Painter, who is uh, challenging, uh, challenging Tina Smith for Senate. So, but we'll get to all that here in just a couple of minutes. But first, I want to check in on the national news with Ellen Ratner from Talk Media News. Hi, Ellen. You're out in California today, aren't How you? How are you doing? I am in California, where there's going to be a primary on Tuesday, and everybody is revved up for it. Because California has a rule that it's not one Democrat and one Republican. It's the two highest vote-getters. So if you're both Democrat or both Republican, it doesn't matter. It's the two highest vote-getters in each district, plus whoever runs or wins for governor. So those are the big races that are happening here in California. Okay. So it's, it, what you're saying is it's possible that uh, no... No Democrats could be on the ballot because they they vote gets split so uh, splintered so many ways. That is possible, but it's probably not going to happen. Since Daryl Issa is retiring, he won by I think just sixteen hundred points last time, sixteen hundred votes really, and uh, and he you know he was considered the richest man in Congress. He's from Cleveland, Ohio, of course, where everybody who's anybody is from, where I'm from. Um, but the fact is is that there's a good possibility that two Democrats could be running for that seat and they would be running against each other. Wow. Wow. Well, that would be, uh, that would be quite a thing if that happens. So uh, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to keep tuned on that. Big news this afternoon is the on-again, off-again, on-again, off-again summit with North Korea is apparently on-again. It is on again, says the president. Uh, we do know that the North, uh, an envoy from North Korea visited the White House today. Uh, we know that the president is saying that the summit is on again. Uh, however, my guess is that he and Kim Jong-un are after the Nobel Peace Prize, and they both want that in their pocket, and that's what is going to drive them. It, and you think that's an ego thing? It's not a, gee, I want to bring peace to the world, but it's more of a... No, uh, I think it is totally ego. And I think you've got two ego guys, President Trump and Kim Jong-un, who have egos, as we say in the vernacular, the size of Texas. So here's a question. I mean, is it, if, if it happens for that reason, is it a bad thing still? No, I don't. If, if they really denuclearize the... Korean Peninsula, I think it's a very good thing. I don't care if they win the Nobel Peace Prize for it. Fine with me. I think that, you know, it is a time that the Korean War ended, and two, I think that it is time to denuclearize that entire area, and we'll see what happens. Okay. You can hear here in the background, they're singing the national anthem behind me, so uh, that may that may cover right. up what I'm saying a little bit here, but... Um, uh, the other the other thing that's been just kind of like all over Twitter, and I didn't catch this, uh, Samantha B's show, uh, Full Frontal, she was on the air the other night, made a comment, uh, I think it was about uh, one of the Trumps, and she's been in hot water for it. What's, what's going on there? Well, so the fact is she used the C word uh, when she was referring to Ivanka Trump. Now, in my view, and I'm a liberal, uh, what's good for the goose, as my mother used to say, is good for the gander. And if you have Roseanne Barr, who's been kicked off the air, she ought to as well. However, I also think that Donald Trump's tweets have really gotten this country so that they're very nasty with each other. People are very nasty with each other. And I think a president should be a leader in terms of that, not a person who defines 
this negativity that we have been seeing, and I think that is just awful. Yeah, I, I think the, uh, the whole uh, decorum part of the presidency is long gone. We, we've been in the pot here for so long. It's been uh, more than a year with Donald Trump. I think people have forgotten what it like, used to be like when we had a president who didn't just go off and at 5 o'clock in the morning start calling people names. Well, you know, it's funny. I remember the day after the inauguration, there was the Women's March in Washington, D.C., and there were signs that people were carrying saying, George W. Bush, I feel sorry for any bad thing I said about you. You know, whatever you can say about George W. Bush, and he believed in the death penalty, he's done a lot of work in Africa, I will tell you that, because I've seen it with my own two beady eyes. But I have to tell you, he did not, absolutely did not send out nasty tweets and things like that. He, he was presidential, and that's what we need in this country. We need people to not be saying terrible things about each other. Do you think we're ever going to see the day when Donald Trump becomes that? Or is it just like, okay, we've given up on that. Let's, let's look for 2020. Here. I think he's given up on that. I don't think we're going to see that. Okay. Well, uh, I, you know, I, I'm the eternal optimist, but I, I think I agree with you on that one as well. Uh, the, the, talking about, and again, sometimes the things that Donald Trump says and does draws us away from some of the policy that's being you know put forward here and that keeps changing and right now one of those things that keeps changing so quickly is the uh, the whole trade war thing suddenly we are putting tariffs on our best trading partners here in mexico canada and europe and that has to be just maddening to the people who are trying to deal with us well you know i grew up in cleveland ohio where there was a lot of steel when i grew up and we used to say what businesses are in there and iron and steel is wife irons and steel but the fact is that there used to be something like 500,000 jobs, a half million jobs in steel. There aren't any more. But there are other ways of dealing with it besides putting on tariffs on countries that we import steel from. That's just not right. And I'm telling you it's going to come back to haunt us in a major way with the Europeans, I think, and with the rest of the other countries, Mexico and Canada. Now, here in uh here in, of course, uh, uh, Minnesota, we are uh, a mining. We have mining here in northern Minnesota with uh, a lot of uh, mining out ore that's being used for steel. I mean, what's the likely impact on the, the companies here in Minnesota when we start having this tit for tat trade war on, on these type of tariffs? Well, I think that the impact on American jobs is not going to be good. It's not going to be what Donald Trump is hoping for. And I think we need to watch very, very carefully over the next six months to a year. This is not going to be good. And it's also not going to be good if the European Union puts on tariffs on some of the products that we export. Yeah, like, okay, so, I mean, what, what kind of stuff would they would hit hard here? I mean, the, the, you know, China talked about targeting things that would uh, definitely hit Red states, do you think Europe, Mexico might take the well, same Well, he seems to have exempted China, which I think is extremely interesting. Uh, and as you know, China uh, exports a lot to the United States. We buy a lot of Chinese exports very, very inexpensively. And I think that what's going to happen is we're going to see this come out, and we're going to see what happens. It's just going to take a while for us to, you know, figure out what's going on here. We're speaking with Ellen Ratner from Talk Media News. We're kind of going over some of the top stories that are uh, hitting here today. Uh, unemployment. We, uh, since we're talking about jobs, unemployment, it's uh, headed down. Uh, but as we were talking before the show, the fact that unemployment is down is not necessarily the best uh, economic measure of how we really are doing here as a country. Well, that's right. First of all, it doesn't mean that people are being paid, paid a living wage. That's number one. And number two, what happens to seniors that are priced out of the housing market, which is happening, I'm in L.A. today uh, for the election, which is on Tuesday, and I will tell you that it is not very pretty what's happening with the housing market here. There are a lot of seniors that are being kicked out of their houses because they can't afford it. Yeah, and we, we've seen wages tick up. We've seen wages tick up in some places. But we also still see a lot of people who are uh, you know, not exactly, uh, or who are underemployed, who are uh, 
getting it, getting a minimum wage, and then you start looking at what you need to live in any particular place, what it takes to rent a two-bedroom apartment. Uh, there's some statistics out there, and it's way above the minimum wage. So I, I, I feel that a lot of folks are kind of still living on the edge here in the United States. People are living on the edge. When I grew up, minimum wage was $1.65 an hour, if you can believe that. But you could live on it. And now, minimum wage is much more, but it's very difficult to live on because rents are so very high in some cities. Um, one other bit of news here I want to touch on, and I'm sorry, the music is getting loud here behind me, so you may have trouble hearing me. I'll try to get as close as I can to the microphone. But uh, Donald Trump has ordered um, the Energy Department to help out hailing the coal and nuclear plants by uh, buying electricity from them. And that just seems to upend the entire idea of A, the economics of how the business is supposed to work for energy, and B, the, the whole idea that we're supposed to be moving towards renewable energy. I'm sorry, I did not hear that. So if you yeah. could repeat it, I apologize. I'll repeat that. We, we have, we have uh, some loud noise behind me. I'm sorry, folks. They, they tend to make yeah, these that's okay. But it's, it's about the whole, the whole thing, that the energy department saying that uh, we have to buy electricity oh, now. Oh, the coal issue, yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is basically what's going on, is that... Donald Trump is supporting our coal industry. The problem is, is that coal has cost us a lot of money in terms of what is going on with breathing air, etc. And in places like California, where they charge an awful lot for gasoline, which is much more expensive now, of course, uh, because of the, the price of gasoline and, and the various uh, environmental protections that are put on it. The problem is, is that coal is not clean. And unless we can find a way to make it clean, it is really going to cost us in the long run. So the issue is whether you pay it in the short run or whether you pay it in the long run. Looking at the long run has not been the, the uh, strong suit of this administration, I think, by any uh, stretch of your imagination. And I, I think a lot of people are, are very disappointed to see that happen. So, I'm sorry, it's very difficult to hear you with what's going on in the background. I, I'm competing with somebody behind me. So, Ellen, I, I'm going to wrap it up here. But I, I just want to say, since this is my last show, I'm going to be here on AM950, probably the last time I get to talk to you on the air. It's been just a pleasure working with you and all the Well, we'll miss you terribly. But good luck and congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay. Uh, thank you. Ellen Ratley from Talk Media News here. Uh, I want to bring up a topic here. We'll take phone calls during, uh, during the break around this, but... Keith Ellison has announced that he is going to boycott the NFL because of what the NFL policy is against uh, players taking a knee to protest and support uh, Black Lives Matter and support, uh, you know, just in general, you know, equal treatment of, of Black Americans and protest what's been going on. So I'd like to hear from you. What do you think about Keith Ellison saying, I'm not going to watch the NFL? Are you going to join in this call? 952 Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. When you think of a Russian souvenir, I bet that Matryoshka, the nesting doll, is the first thing that comes to mind. I'm happy to say that our exhibition of these Matryoshka dolls, which delighted thousands of families over the holidays, has been extended through August 11th. Whether you're from Moscow or Mankato, you'll be stunned by the variety, shapes, and intricate details of this massive collection. Deals on Groupon. Visit us today or online at tmora.org. 
Hi, friends. I've been talking to you about Minnesota's first green cemetery, Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. It's an entirely new way of looking at our last earthly step. Burials are designed to have as little impact on the environment as possible. For many of us, a continuation of the commitment we made during our lifetime. Let me suggest you go to the website, mngreengraves.com. Explore what it is. Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. It's a lovely place, a peaceful place. Minnesota's first green cemetery. I'm Richard R.J. Escow, and this week on The Zero Hour, Bernie Sanders campaign manager Jeff Weber and I discuss the campaign and his new book. Journalist Max Blumenthal talks about his new film, Killing Gaza. Also, the politics of Star Trek, capitalism, alienation, and the NFL. All this and more on The Zero Hour every Sunday night from 9 till midnight on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hey, it's Mike McEntee back here, live from Rochester, Minnesota, here on the PFL Convention, just getting underway. I tell you what, I'm not going to fight the dogs. I'm going to let you listen to what's going on. Ken Martin is giving a stem winder at the podium. Let's just listen and see what he's saying.
possible to take it on the Republicans instead of fighting each other. This is the guy who's supposed to get him over here. It's dedicated to the millers like you who will help us win in November. We deeply appreciate your dedication to the FFR and all that you do to build a progressive future for Minnesota. This weekend, remind yourself what you are fighting for. This weekend, remind yourself that there's Borland that connects us as the Lillers that divides us. This weekend, remind yourself that when we did on November 6th, we will be able to take back some power from the Republicans and get back to the work of building an America and a Minnesota that works for all. Thank you, D.F. Millers. I'm so proud of you and everybody. Now let's get to work and show up. Work now and now. Thank you. Thank you. And that's uh, DFL Chair Ken Martin speaking at the podium right now. As uh, you can tell, people are pretty uh, fired up here at the DFL convention. People are just been telling, and they've been uh, going to various uh, trainings all morning and afternoon here, getting ready for uh, for the session that's going to be happening here. Uh, so, uh, you know, folks, folks have. Uh, Things with conventions are more than just, you know, endorsing people. You really get time for uh, the party to, A, get together, talk, uh, train on various things, learn about how things are working, and those types of things. And then, uh, and then uh, what we're going to be getting to on Sunday, beyond all of this, is the... Uh, the is the, the platform committee. So um, I tell you what, oh, it looks like uh, we may be able to be speaking here with uh, Richard Painter uh, very soon. So uh, we'll, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a break, folks. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be speaking with Richard Painter, who's running for Senate. Beat for the week. I'm Lori Fitz from Connections Radio Show. And if you're sticking around town this weekend, Art Beat has some fun suggestions for your Memorial Day weekend. On Saturday, May 26th through Monday the 28th, the Mall of America is hosting Minnesota Remembers Memorial Weekend. It's taking place in the atrium from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. There'll be live music, cookie giveaways, face painting, and other fun activities, plus displays and monuments. At the historic Fort Snelling, located in St. Paul, you can explore the historic buildings, chat with costumed storytellers, participate in special reenactments of America's military history, including showcasing the soldiers in combat. You can see a cannon and musket firings, blacksmithing demonstration, and also hear stories of Native Americans and African American history. Kids will have a blast at the history scavenger hunt. Finish the day with a short hike through the adjacent Fort Snelling State Park. The events take place from Saturday 10 to 5, Sunday noon to 5, and Monday 10 to 5. If you're looking to hang out on a patio and enjoy a grill out, stop by Surly Brewing Company's Beer Garden on Sunday, May 27th, where the brewery will be launching their new summer beer, Heat Slayer, while hosting live music and yard games. There will be an all-you-can-eat brats, pretzels, popsicles, and more, as well as unlimited pours of Heat Slayer in a commemorative glass you get to take home. That lasts from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. on the 27th. And there is the Soundset Musical Festival. Minnesota's annual hip-hop musical festival, Soundset, will be celebrating its 10th anniversary at the State Fairgrounds on Sunday, May 27th. The lineup consists of more than 40 musicians. There'll be Minnesota's own Atmosphere, as well as Logic, Migos, Jaden Smith, and the Wu-Tang Clan. The gates open at 11 a.m. with performances lasting through the evening until 9.30 p.m. And if you're looking for a little stress relief or something to do on Monday, May 28th, stop by 56 Brewing Company in Northeast Minneapolis for some Corgi dog love. There'll be food truck treats, a perfect pint, and some vendors fair shopping. This Corgi fundraiser features a special deal of only $5 for 15 minutes that you can have a pile of Corgis on you. What could be more cuddly fun? That takes place Monday from 12 to 3 p.m. at the 56 Brewing, located at 3055 Columbia Avenue in Northeast Minneapolis. 
That's art, beat, and fun for this Memorial Day weekend. I'm Lori Fitz from Connections Radio Show, airing live Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. A Night Out with Chelsea Handler, live this Tuesday at the State Theater. I'm doing a tour where I go around to different places in this country and talk to people who have different opinions than me because I want to learn more, I want to understand better, I want to have nice, healthy conversations with strangers who think differently. A night of fun and interactive discussion with Chelsea, hosted by TV's Jenna Shortle. What is the most important issue for all of you in this room? Is it foreign affairs? Is it legal immigration? Is it Dancing with the Stars? Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster in the box office. Sponsored by Delta and Twin Cities Pride. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner at Snap Construction, for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it. Check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trusts Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. Convention in Rochester. It is a lively convention. You can hear it's very noisy down here. And one of the main attractions for tonight is the Senate endorsement. And one of the races that is contested is between Richard Painter and Tina Smith. And I have Richard Painter with us right now. Mr. Painter, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. So uh, you are going to be addressing the delegation here at some point this evening. What are you telling them to persuade them that they should be supporting you for Senate over Tina Smith? I'm going to focus on the issues, uh, and uh, of course, uh, the Trump-Pence administration is a serious problem. We need to do something about the obstruction of justice and other illegal conduct in this administration, and I believe the House and Senate Judiciary Committee should be continuing uh, in January, they should have done it a long time ago, uh, to consider whether the President and Vice President are fit for office. So that's the number one priority. Second is health care. Uh, I think the single player system is what makes sense. We have to provide health care for all Americans. We need to find a way to pay for them. It's not enough just to simply say you're in favor of uh, universal health. We need a plan to pay for it. And uh, I think the single player system works. That's what we try in the rest of the industrialized world. In most instances, so that's what we need to do. Uh, discuss that. Also, the fact that uh, the uh, drug companies and the medical device companies, insurers, the other special interests, are determined that we not have a single care system. Unfortunately, both political parties have fallen under the sway of those vested interests. And I think that's the reason the United States doesn't have single payer, why we pay much more for our health insurance than other people in other parts of the industrialized world. Last, I'm going to talk about the environment. We have to conserve our planet. We are in grave danger because of climate change and CO2 emissions. Uh, a carbon tax would be the rational solution along the subsidies for clean energy. But we're not there. The reason is the uh, fossil fuel industry has promised influence in Congress. And under the White House, that has to stop if we want this planet to be suitable for human Banks in the future, future generations. Here in Palm, Minnesota, we have out of state mining companies who want to come into this state and mine for copper and nickel. Sulfide mining is extremely dangerous, will pollute our waterways. That is known to just about all the environmental experts who have looked at this, and yet our politicians, both the Democratic Farm and Labor Party and the Republican Party, support these mines. I've done some research on these companies behind the mines, particularly the Polymine mine. They are corrupt. 
beyond the after-rotten politicians all over the world to cause enormous uh, environmental degradation. It's absolutely critical that we make sure that those mines are not opened in our state. And I'm going to stand firmly uh, making sure that that never happens. Now, all those issues sound very progressive. I mean, health care, the environment, uh, dealing with Donald Trump, bringing uh, with the problems in the administration. You, up until recently, have had an R behind you identified the Republican Party. And so many people have been hesitant to say, can I really believe you on these issues? Can I really believe that this is what you're going to continue to do if you got elected to Senate? Or would you suddenly start caucusing with the Republicans? I'm just bringing up what people have been saying to me when I talk to them about what they think. I would caucus with any of these Republicans. The Republican Party left me a long time ago. Now, there used to be progressive Republicans. Well, here in Minnesota, like Senator Durnberg and Arnie Carlson, who uh, uh, were at least moderate, if not progressive. Uh, we've had progressive Republicans in the past, but no more. They've excluded progressives and even moderates from the Republican Party. When I grew up in central Illinois, uh, many of us, most of us, were Republicans, just because we didn't like the uh, machine, the Democratic Party machine, and Mayor Daley. Uh, but I have disagreed with the Republicans on a wide range of issues, particularly recently. I have to say, environmental conservation, it's a tragedy for our country that that has become a partisan issue. A lot of Republicans used to support environmental protection. Uh, and indeed, even Richard Nixon, as perfect as he was, did support the establishment of an environmental protection agency, which actually tried to do its job under his administration, unlike what we have going on with Scott Pruitt and that. Uh, so we need to unite Minnesotans. Uh, for protection of the environment, I would also say that single-payer health care is not just a progressive cause. I've talked to a lot of small business owners and many, many people who know that our health care system, as we're running it now, is unsustainable. Uh, it is eating up more and more of our money, large and large percentage of our gross national products. It makes absolutely no sense for your health insurance to tied to your place of employment. It slows down the economy. Uh, slows down entrepreneurship, prevents people from working for the jobs where they can create the most value. So it, it's a question of fundamental economic sense. I believe I can make the case for single-payer health care uh, to a great many Americans. Uh, and uh, it's about time we catch up to the rest of the world on that one. Now, we got the Affordable Air Care Act. Was as close as we've gotten to single payer. And there seems to be there seems to be a pushback on single payer in in the Senate and the House, and even before we got the Republicans to the majority. How do we get past the resistance that's there right now to single payer in Washington D.C.? How do you make the case that that's where we need to go? Well, I think we need to clean up our system of campaign finance and also remove financial conflicts of interest from Congress. Because I know what's going on. The drug companies don't want single payer. Because they like to make extra money selling drugs in the United States for several times the price that they can charge in Canada and other countries with single-payer insurance. Same with the medical device companies. The medical device companies uh, like to overcharge their devices here in the United States, and that's what they do. And it costs us a lot of money. Meanwhile, the medical device industry is particularly powerful in Minnesota. It's PACs, and it plows a lot of money into politicians. I will not take a nickel from any PACs. And these PACs are destroying our democracy, destroying our country. I think that's why we don't have single-payer health insurance. I also think the members of Congress, the House and the Senate, should not have personal holdings in medical device companies or in other health care companies while they're voting on health care legislation. I made a big stink about that with Tom Price, the congressman, who President Trump brought in to run HHS, and he's buying and selling health care stocks while he's a member of the Senate. Uh, of the House, and as a congressman in upstate New York is doing that. And I am asking Senator Tina Smith to sell the millions of dollars worth of medical device stocks. We can't have conflicts of interest inside the United States House okay, and Senate, and we cannot be a whole the medical device industry. We're never going to have single-payer health care in America. Now, obviously today your objective is to get as many of these delegates here to support you, hoping to get the 60% of what takes to the shores. That's going to be, by anybody's 
measure right now, that's going to be very hard to do. What do you think is going to happen to you? What are you hoping is going to happen to you? You don't get the Perhaps it would be very hard for any candidate to do what we really need to do is have debates. And a farmer, and I've asked her to spend the debate, but she's busy. I understand that we haven't been able to arrange the debate. Uh, but uh, to make up for one's mind about who wants the wars before there's a debate makes absolutely no sense. Uh, this is a decision made by the people of Minnesota in August in the primary, and then, of course, another decision in November. And it's critically important to have uh, the debates. Put those up on the internet, up on Washington, and then let the voters decide. So this is just the beginning of the process. We have here at the convention a lot of people who work very hard for the Democratic Farmer Labor Party and uh, are very much involved in politics. I'm learning a lot from people I talk to here. Uh, but it's just the beginning of the process. Uh, we're going to have the primary, we have the debates, I very much hope, and then move toward uh, November. Speaker Richard Painter, he's the candidate for U.S. Senate here. Mr. Painter, anything you wanted to add to uh, anything that you said here tonight? Well, I do feel that as angry as we are, President Donald Trump, Mike Pence, and the corruption of this administration, we need to focus on the corruption in our government that got us where we are today. The campaign finance system is broken. The Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, has uh, a thrown out uh, what little campaign finance regulation Congress bothered to pass. Uh, and we need to get a hand, uh, hold of the campaign finance system and make sense out of it. Because right now, we've got multinational corporations who are determining who the nominees are of both parties. I talk about the medical device industry in Minnesota or the mining industry. Oh, we've got fossil fuel industries involved. We've got global uh, banks involved. Oh, we've got the Russian at the DFL convention, as you can hear in the background, it's maybe a little bit hard to hear us, so I apologize for that, but uh, we're going to continue on uh, covering what's going on here. I tell you what, we are going to take a, uh, yeah, let's, let's take another break, and by the way, if you have any comments about what we've been talking about, what did you think of Richard Payne? Did, uh, do you think that he's a progressive that you could support, or do you say... No, I'm sorry. He is a Republican, and he's going to, always going to be a Republican hey, to me. Yeah, so, uh, give us a call, 952-946-6205. We'll be back in a couple minutes listening to the Mike Madison Show here on AM 950. Enjoy a delicious home-cooked breakfast or lunch away from the kitchen at Milda's Cafe, now open seven days a week. Milda's Cafe has been cooking up family favorites since 1964. Grab a coffee and sit down for a delicious Philly scramble, house-made rolls, or Denver omelet. Stop in for lunch where you'll find authentic Finnish pasties every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Open weekdays 6 to 3, weekends 8 to 2. Milda's Cafe on Glenwood Avenue, four blocks east of Penn. Kevin Ross here, inviting you to our brand new store called Ambibulous. What does Ambibulous mean? It means one who enjoys alcoholic beverages of all sorts. Ambibulous is a Minnesota maker's market. Unlike traditional liquor stores, we feature only craft beer, wine, and spirits made here in Minnesota. We are ready to guide your selections, where you can build your own four or six packs. Find us at 949 Hennepin Avenue East in Northeast Minneapolis or online at ambibulousmn.com. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. And I'm Rachel Shamblot. Did you know a lot of people are afraid of the dentist? You don't need to be afraid of my dad. He makes going to the dentist comfortable and even fun. We don't care if you're a dental regular or haven't seen a dentist in years. We just want to make you comfortable and get you out of pain. If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. I'm Steve Conklin. And I'm Jake Duroff. We're the hosts of the Mortgage Talk Show, Sundays at 1230. Steve, what are we going to talk about this week? This week we'll be talking about the repeal of Dodd-Frank, what's this mean, and how does it affect you. We'll also be taking listeners' questions, what do you do if you don't have a down payment, and talking about our new Dockless Loan Program. Check us out for more information and email us any questions at mortgagetalkshow.com. Tune in to The Mortgage Talk Show every Sunday at 1230 on AM 950. Hey, it's Mike McEntee live at the DFL convention. I was just chatting here uh, off air with uh, our Secretary of State, who joins us right now, uh, Secretary of State Steve Sun. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, you are down here, obviously. Uh, you're you up for endorsement. Uh, I, I think that's probably going to go very smoothly, but you want to take anything for granted? No, we never do. I like to say I'm the opening act tonight. I am up at 530. I'm the first candidate to be endorsed. So hopefully I'll set a good tone. Okay. Uh, our legislative session just finished, and uh, we're still picking through the rubble of what happened and what didn't happen. And one of the big things that people were concerned about, at least we were concerned about, I think I'm concerned about, is our elections and how we make them uh, as fair and as clean and as safe uh, in terms of not being hacked as possible. You were asked, you're saying that we were eligible for a lot of federal money if we did something. Did that happen? We are going to did not happen. That was a great, great, statistic question. Just to put it in perspective, I said that we were the number one threat. Is the threat of some sort of outside cyber attack or intrusion by someone trying to undermine the democracy? Okay, most people agree about that. And so Senator Fulmer and others claim that we got us in Minnesota and all states considerable federal money. Minnesota has been targeted for attacks, um, so many other states across the country. Are we concerned that we don't have that money that our elections could be Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Y
and we have every reason to say we'll be able to do that again. But playing the long game, looking at the long haul, strengthening the decisions that we made earlier against the late And so it can be more risky to watch the season in the market. I want everyone to be comfortable with the fundamentals of our system in Minnesota. We should be give you just an idea of what's going to be happening here over the next few days. And then we're going to talk about the waiting moments of the show. So let me hang up and just adjust some volume buttons here. Uh, the, uh, today, as uh, Secretary of State Steve Simon says, we're going to be working on the endorsement for that. That's pretty obvious. It's probably going to be for uh, him. 
And then we have the two senators, A and B, as they're being called, basically Amy Klobuchar. And Amy Klobuchar is probably, I don't, I don't think there's any opposition, but there is, it's pretty token. So uh, she, will, she will get the endorsement. And then Tina Smith versus uh, Richard Painter, who just had a program. And as uh, we mentioned, Richard Painter is a former Republican. And that is weighing heavy on the minds of many delegates here, even though, as you just heard, he went through issues that probably put him as far as left a lot of the progressive issues that people care about as a party than any of the candidates that he could. So that is going to be an interesting contest. I think it's uh, pretty obvious that the team is going to probably get the first contest, but again, this is why we do it. We'll the votes. We'll see what happens. Now, this is our live stream of the Uptake.org. If you want to watch it, we have hope. Tomorrow, we will be also, and Sunday, live streaming from here as well. Uh, Attorney General uh, candidate is on the ballot for Saturday. Uh, I think uh, Lori Swanson has that locked, although uh, Mr. Belichick so would like to challenge uh, her on that. And then the main event, which is one. Governor Aaron Murphy, Jimmy Ellis, Rebecca Otto, all vying for that endorsement spot here. The endorsement ballot, trying to avoid a primary, which is going to happen for the public Trying to avoid that. Now, Tim Ellis was the front runner coming out of the caucuses. But as the field has narrowed here, and you know, just picked up a lot of community endorsements. Uh, if you are uh, Rebecca a Otto has picked up a lot of support environmentalists. And Tim Waltz has, to some accounts, lost some delegates maybe to either You have to get 60% to get the endorsement. 60%. And that's going to be tough, I think, coming out of this. So it'll be interesting. It may be a live night, but not a long night. But uh, you can listen to uh, watch the update. And then Sunday, uh, Sunday is a day that's most of the people know, but there's very important things happening. First off, uh, state auditor, which is an open seat right now, uh, with Rebecca Otto running for governor, so uh, the auditor race here is going to be very, very contested, very well contested. And then the classified, and this is where the DFL circular firing squad sometimes gets going. Uh, we have environmentalists going off against uh, people who support uh, mining and it could get uh, very contentious. And then finally, I just want to say this is the final show, the final Mike McAtee show here on AM 950. I have enjoyed in this the perfect of talking to you every day. It's not, I mean, you can have a microphone, but to have it connected to a radio station and to be able to tell you tell you what I think, I do tell you that sometimes, but really trying to present what's really going on in our society. I think one of the important things that's going on is we have to talk to each other, we have to make things happen, and you got to show up. So if you've heard anything listen to me for all these years is show up, take action, do something. Just don't sit at home. Get a microphone, start talking to someone. That's it for the show. Hey, I miss all you guys. We'll be back with this update show of the weekend. Thanks for listening. Mom, thank you for listening.